Financial freedom is a common goal and an amazing thing to experience, but it often gets tied together with the idea of penny-pinching today so you can save for the future, with the end goal being to amass as much money and stuff as possible. Regular people call this saving for retirement. Others take it to an extreme and call it FIRE, financial independence, retire early. Some people don't save at all and just hope for the best. But a lot of us somewhat goal-oriented folks at least feel like we should be making sacrifices today so that we can eventually retire fabulously wealthy. Whether or not we successfully do that, of course, is up to our personal motivation, willpower, and ability to strategize. But is accumulating money and stuff even truly the the highest ideal? Should it really be our priority? Do we really need to feel guilt over not making those sacrifices today? We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. We want to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. Of course, it's very nice to have resources, comfort, and even luxury. But just because it's nice doesn't necessarily mean it's best. We've all heard the phrase, money doesn't make you happy. I know I certainly had. I've heard it my entire life. And yet, somehow, I still felt like if I had more, if I was more successful, if I made more money, if I had more things, I would be happier, or at least I would feel more secure. And that was what I always told myself. I just want to have more savings in the bank or have a nicer house or have a higher monthly income so that I feel more secure. But it was really a way I was lying to myself because for me, being more secure meant that I would be happier, or at least that's what I thought it meant. And up to a point, that was true. I was a lot happier when I got to a point of making about $50,000 a year than when we were scraping by on $20,000 a year. And it makes sense because $20,000 a year, at least in most of the U.S., isn't really enough for a family to meet their basic needs on. It's not enough for basic housing, utilities, food, and transportation. Which meant that when I was at that income level, I was always stressed about money and about accumulating debt. I worried that we might sink deeper and deeper into a hole that we could never climb out of. Earning a little bit more made a big difference, both physically and to my emotional health. Though, of course, it didn't take away all my problems and it did bring a few new ones. But one thing it didn't change was that feeling that I should be making sacrifices today so that I could be truly wealthy in the future. Over the past few years, God has taught me a lot about reliance on him and making my own plans. A verse that has really stood out to me has been Matthew 6, 19 through 21, which says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And it's especially that part that's really stood out to me. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. 
So in accordance with that, here are a few things that I've come to consider to be more important than future opulence. First, prioritizing things that last, like my relationship with God, my family, and my neighbors. Second, enjoying the blessings that God has given me today, rather than trying to sacrifice them to guarantee future happiness. Third, loving others by regularly sharing what resources I have. Fourth, setting aside enough today that I'll be able to continue to do those first three things until I die. And fifth, hopefully blessing others after I'm gone as well. Though it's worth a lot of thought about exactly how to do that last one because just bequeathing money to others upon your death doesn't necessarily truly help them or bless them. Receiving money can fix temporary problems, but it doesn't change people. So if people are in financial difficulties due to mismanagement of their finances, then giving them money might solve their problems today, but they'll quickly find themselves back in a similar situation. I'm a really practical person, so the next place my mind goes is then how? Obviously, it's better to have better goals, but the only way they can actually be helpful is if we have a plan for how we are going to fulfill them. So here are a few thoughts I've had about how to fulfill those goals. If we want to enjoy a better lifestyle today and or in the future, then somehow we have to increase our resources. People often try to do this by scrimping and saving, but not only is that very uncomfortable and leaves us with guilt whenever we do spend money, it also is ineffective. Back when I was earning just around $20,000 a year, I really felt like I should be saving and was trying to. But the maximum I possibly could have saved was $20,000 a year. And aside from the fact that that wasn't actually possible since, you know, we had to eat and stuff like that, it also was never going to get me to my fabulously wealthy goal. In other words, it would have been an impossibly huge sacrifice for a mediocre outcome. Earning, unlike saving, doesn't have a cap. While the max I could have saved was $20,000 a year, there wasn't any limit on the max I could potentially earn. And in fact, I got to see that in action. Over a period of a few years, I doubled, quadrupled, and eventually more than 10x'd my income by improving my skills and changing my strategies for earning a living. Not only did that make a much bigger difference, it also came at a much smaller cost. In fact, I enjoyed and I'm thankful for the lessons I learned and how my character was shaped as I put in that necessary effort. We can only enjoy today's blessings if we take the time to do so. And while I'm a firm believer that work isn't something to be avoided, that God gave us work for our benefit and for our enjoyment, and I mean, even God works, God also took time to rest and enjoy his work. And we can only enjoy the fruits of our labor if we too take time to rest. But this isn't just about taking Sunday off. Because if you think about it, most of us do a lot of work even when we aren't sitting in the office. We take care of our homes. If we have children, then we work to take care of them and to parent them. We work to prepare meals. We work to learn new skills. We even work to maintain friendships and bless others. Those types of work are just as real and just as important as the work we do to directly earn money. And do we really have enough time to do those important things if we're spending 40 to 80 hours every week in an office away from our families, friends, and homes? 
Some people seem to make it work, but personally, I've never found a way. After eight hours for sleeping and a couple hours for eating and resting each day, we each have 12 to 14 hours or so left for all the various kinds of work we need to do. What percentage of those do you really want to spend working for money versus working to raise your kids versus working to bless others versus working to take care of yourself versus working to take care of your home versus any other responsibilities you have versus taking some time to rest and enjoy the work that you're doing? It's at least worth some intentional thought rather than just accepting the 40 hour plus work week norm of our stuff obsessed culture. Whether we worry too much or too little about it, we all have to spend money. We have to, to survive. So when it comes to fulfilling my goals for thinking and acting differently about money, how should that affect spending? When we spend, what do we spend on? First, of course, on necessities, food, shelter, basic clothing. It's obvious, but it's not always instinctual. When I didn't have enough, I lived in fear of not having enough. And in response, I ignored my finances and spent money on things I couldn't afford. But if we choose to trust that we'll always have enough, that we'll always be taken care of, then we can make rational choices and first spend on the necessities. After that, if there's more to spend, what should we prioritize next? Now, it's easy to get distracted by those physical, material things because they seem like they'll last. They seem like they'll create security. And there's always that distraction also of just trying to keep up with the Joneses. But as the saying goes, you can't take it with you. It's all going to burn. And eternity is going to be a lot longer than our short maybe 100 or so years here on Earth. So what can we spend money on that really matters? Well, first of all, experiences. Adventures and learning experiences, definitely, but even just sensual things like delicious food that at least create memories we can look back on fondly. Second, caring for others. A warm, comfortable home might be a good way for you to care for your family and visitors. Sharing money with people in need, blessing others with a meal. Third, learning. Classes, books, adventures, these are experiences and also can sometimes help us to improve our character as well. And fourth, help. If finances allow, hiring help is one of the few ways we can actually buy time, which we can then spend on relationship with others. Of course, these are just a few ideas. There are many other great ways you can spend your money. The most important part is just to be intentional and make sure you're spending it on things that last. Fourth, share. So I already touched on this one a bit, but sharing is an obvious way that we can bless and love others through the resources that we've been given. And not only does it bless others, but it blesses us right back because we get to enjoy improvements in our character and also experience the joys of giving. Some people like to regularly tithe 10% of their income. I can't claim to ever have been very consistent about that, though it's probably something I should work on. My personality, though, is to be spontaneous and creative, and that's always how I've given as well. Again, the reason this is important to me at all is because I've decided to make loving and blessing others one of my financial priorities and to prioritize that over future wealth. That's not to say we might not be able to have both, but if you had to choose which of these things is more important to you. I know that might be an uncomfortable question if you really think about it, but I challenge you to sit with it and to work through the discomfort to be honest with yourself. Why is it uncomfortable? Is it because you're unhappy with your answer? If so, do you want to change your answer? Fifth, save. 
Balancing the spending, sharing, and saving is mostly a mindset shift. I believe God has given me these resources today to bless me and others through me. It's my job to be a good steward of these resources, but he gave them to me for my blessing and enjoyment. I don't need to feel guilty about enjoying the blessing God has given me today, and I know he'll take care of me in the future as well. Of course, that doesn't mean we should just blow all the cash we receive either. Being a good steward of what we're given means that we spend some and we enjoy it and we share some and we also set some aside for a rainy day. Now, I know you've heard of that concept, you've heard that phrase, set some aside for a rainy day, and it seems commonplace, but the fact is that most people today don't save that way anymore. They either don't save at all and just hope things will work out, or else they do save, but they put all of their security and their hopes and dreams into those savings. My goal with saving is to set aside enough for the emergencies that we all know are an inevitable fact of life. I don't want to be up a creek or end up a burden to others by not thinking ahead. And along those lines, there's one very big future problem of sorts that we can all anticipate, and that is getting too old to work. It's a careful balance. On the one hand, setting aside or saving some of our resources for the future, while at the same time, not trusting in that treasure for our future happiness or security. One other aspect that I can't not mention is hedging against inflation. At least in the US, over the past few years, our lawmakers have more than tripled the number of dollars in circulation. And what that means is that over the next few years, as things play out, our dollars will slowly or really kind of quickly become worth a third what they used to be. And since I'm assuming that our policymakers, lawmakers, and leaders are not going to change their ways anytime soon, we can assume that the dollar is going to continue to be eroded. All that to say, saving in cash, money in the bank, or even low-risk investments that pay small annual rates of return is really, at least in my opinion, not a good way to prepare for the future at all. How can you hedge against inflation? Of course, there are many strategies, but the simplest option that makes the most sense to me is simply to save your money in the form of resources that can't have their value inflated away by someone deciding to type a few extra zeros at the end of a number on a computer. By this, I mean investing in metals, property, and other real assets. Six, invest. If we want to enjoy a rich life today, as well as have plenty to share with others, then we need to not just earn more, but also grow our resources by investing them. Now, the most popular way to do this might be by buying stocks, but you have to stop and ask why that is the most popular. Because very often when something is popular, it's because someone has spent a whole lot of money marketing it. We won't get into that right now, but what I will say is that there are a lot of different ways to invest your money, and a lot of them can give you much higher rates of return, secure your resources in more real assets than paper or digital currency, and even give you some influence over the success of the investment. For example, of course, you can do your research and be smart about what stocks you choose to buy. But once you invest in the stock, your money is out of your control aside from the option to sell. You typically can't influence the success of the company or the return that you get on that investment. 
On the other hand, if you invest into a business that you're the owner of, you can make decisions that can make the company become more successful. Many businesses can be started with as little as a few hundred dollars and can earn you thousands of dollars in passive income within as little as a few months. Think about that rate of return. Or for another example, let's say you invest in real estate. Some aspects of that are completely out of your control. Of course, the property's value will be affected by the market. However, even aside from the 10% average annual return that over time real estate increases in value, you can also directly affect your rate of return by choosing to improve your property or by managing it well as a rental. Using these strategies, you can recoup as much as or more than 100% of your investment each year, in addition to the future payout when you might eventually sell the property. So just as an example, a few years ago, I bought a small investment property and spent about $10,000 as the down payment. Now, over the next four years, my husband and I invested about five dollars to $7,000 per year in improving and maintaining the property. However, we also earned back about $10,000 per year in profits from renting the property out. At the end of those four years, I sold the property for $120,000 more than I had originally purchased it for. All told, that means that our total return on investment for the $10,000 we originally invested, as well as the $20,000 to $30,000 we invested over those four years, was 421%, which obviously ends up being more than 100% average returns per year. Of course, these are just a few examples, but the main point here is just that there are a lot of different ways to invest your money. It pays to do some research and try some different things. And some of the options for investing that allow you to be a little bit more actively involved can be a lot more secure and can generate much higher rates of return. So in conclusion, what are your financial goals? Answering this question may require you to be brutally honest with yourself about what you truly desire, and you might not be happy with that reality. But do you want to change it? And if so, why? Something to think about, our true desires aren't necessarily what's best. We often want things that aren't for anyone's real good. With that in mind, rather than letting our financial decisions be guided by what we really want or our true desires or wishes, perhaps a better question to start with is, what is really the best goal for my finances? And then do some intentional thinking about how we can fulfill those goals. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Work Less, Earn More. Now, here's what I want you to do next. Take a screenshot of this episode you're listening to right now and share it out on your Instagram stories. And when you do, make sure you tag me at Gillian Z Perkins so I can see you're listening. Sharing on stories is going to help more people find this podcast so they too can learn how to build their business in a way that allows them to work less and earn more. And if you really love the show, head over to Apple Podcasts right now and leave Work Less, Earn More a review to give it a boost and help even more people find it. Thank you so much for joining me today for this episode. I really appreciate you spending this time with me and I hope that you are enjoying the podcast and getting a whole lot out of it. I'm your host, Gillian Perkins. I'll be back again next week with another episode and until then, stay focused.